Hello everyone, I hope that the, your post-Easter semester is going well. It feels kind of weird to say, but this reflection is my la last Murphy reflection of the year, which tells you that the semester is almost over. Uh, and this fills me with a lot of emotions. Um, I'm not gonna address any of them, because emotions are emotions. Uh, and as Father Bernie said at the beginning of Mass, what a gospel reading to end it on. Uh, when I first saw the reading, I had a lot of different thoughts. The first was excitement, because who doesn't want to do a gospel reflection that everyone knows? Um, but the more I thought about it, I realized that so many people do know it. We even have a retreat named Emmaus here. Um, and how many people have been on Emmaus walks throughout their time at John Carroll? I'm guessing it's most of you. Um, in the Gospel of Luke, the story of Emmaus is the first story after the disciples discovered the empty tomb. Jesus' appearance to Cleopas and his companion is the first appearance of the resurrected Jesus. I think that the things that Jesus does on this walk are very indicative of who Jesus is and what we are called to be. Jesus does essentially three things on his walk to Emmaus. He teaches, he accompanies, and he eats. These three things are essential to who Jesus is. I think that throughout the Gospels, we see great examples of Jesus teaching and preaching and countless examples of his table fellowship of growing community through meals. What stands out to me about the story from Emmaus is accompaniment. Jesus, is, Jesus not only teaches, us, teaches and eats with the two men, but he walks with them. This idea of accompanying and walking with people is where we get our tradition of Emmaus walks on retreats and other things. But what does it mean to truly walk with someone? I think that we throw the word around a lot, but what does it mean? Does it mean to simply be present? How does solidarity play into it? I think we use it so often, it's, it's literally on the wall of St. Francis over there with the Jesuit universal apostolic preferences. And the whole preference, although shortened to walking with the excluded, um, the whole preference is to walk with the poor, the outcasts, and the outcasts of the world, those whose dignity has been violated in a mission of reconciliation and justice. So there's a lot of questions to ask and not a lot of time. Um, so I wanted to reflect on how I view walking alongside people in my own life. I briefly hinted at this story in my first Murphy Mass Reflection, so it feels appropriate to circle back to it. But when I was a senior at Xavier, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that a year of service sounded like something that I was interested in, because hopefully I could learn a little bit about myself along the way and do some good. When I moved to Houston to work at Crystal Ray Jesuit High School, it was a big change for me. I don't have any background in education, um, but here I was doing student life and being an academic advisor, for subjects that I did not understand. I was teaching myself geometry along with the students. As I got more and more comfortable with the school and the students, I fell in love with the school, even as I, unprepared as I felt. But as time went on, I knew that it was time for me to start thinking about next steps. I remember being super conflicted because I knew that I enjoyed my work in a way, but what was that what I wanted to do with the rest of my life? How was I going to use that degree that I had that had nothing to do with education? How could I use what I had learned and was passionate about? My spiritual director at the time asked me to pray about what I liked about what I was doing. After a lot of thinking and praying, I came to realize that what I liked about my job was working with the students, seeing them grow, laugh, struggle, and come out the other side. I didn't use this language at the time, but my spiritual director did. I wanted to walk with students. It was at this moment that I knew I believed my vocation to include walking with others. But what exactly does that mean? I want to note that I'm a big believer in the difference between vocation and a profession. 
I think for some people those are inherently connected, but for others there's a looser connection to a job and a stronger connection to family life or other things outside of work. We can all be called to walk alongside others in different ways through our lives. But what does it mean to walk alongside others? Well, there's a lot of answers to that question. I want to leave you with two pieces of advice. Walking with others means listening and not fixing. I'm the type of person when I see something wrong or someone tells me a problem they're having, I want to help them fix it. I want to do something for them. And I think that this is a pretty natural response for me and many other people's, and it's my way of showing that I care, but I realize that often I can just add stress and do more harm than good. When we walk alongside others and hear their joys and struggles, I'm often tempted to fix their situation, but I am working on simply listening, learning, hearing people, and being with them. The second piece of advice that I have is when walking with someone is that it's their journey and you're often just a visitor. When I was a JV in Houston, I was very aware of the problem of white volunteers traveling to underprivileged areas, forming emotional bonds, and then leaving, which can do a lot more harm than good. Throughout my time as a JV, I found myself struggling to connect with students because I was afraid of doing this and didn't want to open up. I didn't want to be another face in a revolving door of volunteers. As the year went on, I had a conversation with Father Torres, one of the Jesuits I was working with. He told me about his experience as a Jesuit novice during the spiritual exercises. During one of his uh, days of imaginative prayer, he imagined himself on a bus that was dropping off different migrant farm workers at different fields at a giant farm. He told me about talking with the different people and hearing their stories on the bus, but soon he realized he was the last one on the bus and that Jesus was the driver. He understood his own vocation to be like, ride, like riding that bus where Jesus directed him to be and to get off at his stop. I think his story helped me learn a little bit about what I was going through too. He was not only riding the bus with Jesus, but he was riding the bus with the other farm workers. This prayer from Father Torres is a great example of recognizing that while we walk with others, it is their journey and I have my own journey. Jesus provides great examples of both these pieces of advice in the gospel. When Jesus is walking with the two men, he listens to them tell about their traumatic experience over the last few days. He doesn't seek to fi fix their situation. In that moment, he could have easily revealed himself to him, fixing their problem, knowing that Jesus had returned. Instead, he talks with them and journeys with them. Additionally, at the end of the reading, the gospel says that Jesus gave the impression that he was going further. So often when we walk with people, our journeys only slightly overlapped. And while we walk together, we are walking our own journeys. In this Emmaus story, we see the first encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Jesus not only walks with the two men, but opens their eyes to the reality of the joy of the resurrection. He is revealed to them in the breaking of the bread. We have the luxury of knowing the joy of Jesus, knowing that Jesus has been resurrected here in the week after Easter. How can we take these lessons from Emmaus and apply them to our own lives? How can we better walk with those who we interact in our daily lives? How can we better walk with those on the margins? How can you incorporate walking with others into your vocation, no matter what job you may have?